0: Acceptance I can beat the guy that's looking back with knowledge as my weapon Cause it's inside of you and it's inside of me The real killer in depression is to suffer silently The journey's rough, the road is long, you've just got to accept you I haven't got to see the whole staircase just the first Welcome to Veterans state of Mind and I'm your host Geraint Jones How the devil are you people out there in podcast land? Thank you for letting me uh, speak into your ears right now Or if you see me on a screen, hello, namaste how are you doing? Um, guys, got thanks. Got to give thanks, give gratitude. It was uh, Thanksgiving a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I want to give thanks to you guys listening to the podcast. I want to give thanks to the guests who come on here. I want to give thanks to the sponsors. Um, we're nearly up at the end of the year. Been the first year of Veterans State of Mind. We kicked this off in January. And um, it's just it's just been fucking awesome to be honest it's been one of my better ideas I do have them occasionally um i think it's done a lot for my mental health i hope it's helped some other people's as well um being able to talk to other people having this regular it's therapy basically in it let's be honest i mean it is for me for you guys you probably need therapy after the fucking thing um but now i'm really i'm really enjoying it um definitely like i said that uh, I do a review on the end of the year and just see is this something that's worth doing for me? Is it worth doing for other people? Um, is you know, is, and one hundred percent it is. I'm really really enjoying it. So I want to thank you guys. Thank you for uh, those of you who leave a review. Uh, if you haven't left a review on um, on iTunes, if you could do that, please. If you could like the page on YouTube, even if you don't watch it on YouTube, if you just guess help us get our numbers up. Uh, as I was saying the other week, the reason that's important for us, um, it's not to stoke my ego. Um, you know, I've got a kitten now, so she stokes my ego, she gives me lots of love, unconditional love So, well, it's probably is conditional, but I get the love off a kitten, so not needing the reviews for that But what we need them for is to continue to bring you the bestest of guests We need to show them that, look, this is a legit podcast (laughs) Lol A legit podcast with, um, a legit host, lol And, um, yeah If you, if they, if, if you know, if you contact people One of the things they're going to do to look on the podcast, one of the things I do, if people ask me to go on a podcast, um, I check out the reviews. And if it says, if everyone's review is saying this is dog wank, then um, I tend to avoid it. And if everyone's saying it's a great podcast, then obviously it's something that you really want to do. So that's how we want our guests to feel. We want them to feel that they want to come on here um, and be moist about that. So um, right, what we got going on today, we're going to do some Q&A. Thank you, guys. I didn't get through them all um, on the last Q and A that we did. I had lots of questions because we have lots of dedicated, loyal listeners. I've been listening to President Trump too much, doing his um, doing his thing. I feel like uh, <laughs> I, th- I think one thing you can say what you like about Trump, but he makes his supporters feel good, and that's how I want to make you guys feel good. I want I want you guys to know that you're part of the team here. You are part of the Veteran State Mine team. It doesn't happen without you. Don't happen without me. Don't happen without Peter. here in the studio. Than without the Royal British Legion. That's a good segue, isn't it? The Royal British Legion. The uh, Royal British Legion, they've been kicking around for a long time now. And they have been looking after veterans and their families for generation after generation. Uh, they continue to do so. Talked in the last Q&A about how incredible it was to go to the Festival of Remembrance. Um, i got a mate who's been helped recently um, to find housing with him. You know, we had uh, Barry... On the podcast, Baz Connell, Um, on an earlier podcast, they help him to set up his incredible uh, um, fitness company, State of Mind Fitness down in London, shout out to them. Uh, They just do a lot of great stuff. Uh, One of my mates the other day, he's um, big into his tattoos. Uh, He's a civilian, big into his tattoos. He went to the uh, National Arboretum in Staffordshire there, saw the tribute ink that they'd done. So just, yeah, hats off to you, British Legion. Keep doing what you're doing uh including definitely sponsoring this podcast and um yeah, thank you guys. I'm in a very emotional place today, not emotional if i am sounding a bit like that it's i'm being reflective just went for a just went for a long walk and um feeling very reflective feeling very grateful it's been a it's been a great year still got great things to do in the uh in the last part of it but um very thankful to you guys and you know for life in general all right. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Geraint Jones, that's it, the handsomest man in NATO, or formerly of NATO. Um, I got a few things to plug guys, we got a couple of books out, um, I got my book Legion, which is a continuation of the Blood Forest series, um, if you're into squaddies, like squaddy banter, I think it's a good book for that. If you're into Bear the old violence, I think it's a good book for that. Uh, if you're looking for Christmas presents for your dad, your brother, your sister, um, Legion, it's on Amazon, the cover looks mega alley. Um, I'm pretty sure that back in the Roman days, there were guys who were just as Ali as they were now. In fact, let me drop a little knowledge on you. So the um, the Romans, they used to, like, you'd know a Roman soldier by his belt, so they'd have what they call cross-lung belts, so they'd go over the hips, you know, in each, each direction, um, and then they would be they would kind of like Gucci- these belts up themselves they'd have like a uh, little kind of like ornament plates and stuff like that stitched into them show off a bit of bling so you know guys back in the day you know they were I don't think they had scrim on their helmets but they were doing their part to be Ali. um and that's what i try and capture in legion this episode is made possible in part thanks to camouflage spelt with a k camouflage is a veteran-owned surveillance and investigations company A brand you can rely on for their professionalism, integrity, and quality of work at all levels. I always think it's really ironic reading that once I've fucked up the sentence leading into it. Um, So what are the kind of things you use a surveillance investigations company for? Well, security. You've got to to keep your place secure. If you haven't got eyes on, you don't know what's going on. If you don't know what's going on, you get broken into. Um, This time of year, it's dark. Um, It's dark for most of the day, let's be honest. Right now, you're listening to this. Probably dark. Um, and unfortunately, that means more time for burglar bill. to uh, More time for burglar bill to come in your house, steal your Christmas presents. You don't want that. Get some surveillance equipment. Um, farmers out there. Maybe we've got some farmers listening. You know the score. Your kit is at risk from thieves. Make sure you've got proper surveillance. Maybe you're a company who has... Uh, you've got someone making some dodgy claims on you, something like that, those lines. Maybe you've got... Um, a person you want looking into. Maybe you think your business partner's crooked. You're starting to get that little tingling feeling. Not, you know, not that tingling feeling. The other tingling feeling, the bad one. You're starting to get that thinking about them, that there's something up. And um, you want to have a look into them for a bit. I'd say that's not a bad thing to do. You know, you can learn a lot about someone just Googling them, honestly. But then uh, sometimes you've got to get the professionals in. And that's camouflage. They don't just, they don't just make alley-gilly suits, but they do that too. They... Um, they can they look, can look into things online and physical things. Doing in every country as well. They're international, all right? International men of mystery is what they are. So check them out at Camouflage Limited, spelt with a K, Limited, um, Camouflage Limited, Limited, spelt fully, um, and also at uh, camouflage.co.uk. All right. What else we got behind you? Today's episode is also made possible in part thanks to the Development Society. Get humbled with devsock devsock is a platform for motivation inspiration and wavy merch it's run by serving blokes, and they're a bit different wavy vibes unusual thoughts and stoic philosophies are what drive them to strive for the very best if you're looking for motivation in fitness work or in life itself then check out my dudes at the development society a community of like-minded people who want to grow i really enjoyed having um the DevSock guys, as a sponsor with this podcast, because um, they go to do some really good posts, they do some really good posts, they write some good, like, long-form content on Instagram, so you should definitely go and read that, and I'm really getting into this whole stoic thing, to be honest, like, people think stoicism is about not having any, um, any emotion, and, like, God forbid your dog dies, you're just like, I don't give a fuck, it's a dog, that's not, that's not what stoicism is about at all, you'd go, you, you you're quite willing you know quite within your rights to be to grieve for that dog but then you have to be stoic and realize death is a part of life you've got to enjoy the parts with the dog you know the good parts with the dog there'll be other dogs there'll be other people you know life goes on like you can you you, you don't gain anything by wallowing in misery that's what it's about it's not about being a heartless bastard it's just about being a bit more logical about things i think um I think you'll enjoy their stuff so check it out um and also, check out the gear at uh, devsock.shop and then check them out on Instagram and stuff at the Development Society, one word. All right, there's the advert, um, sponsors of the podcast who are, uh, both of those companies are veteran-owned and serving, serving, uh, serving soldier-owned. Um, so I appreciate you supporting them, guys. Head on over, give them a follow. Um, so let's kick it off with, my brother is ex-army and has PTSD from Iraq. As a family member, it's sometimes been hard to understand it. Can you talk about your experience going through it and what you'd like to support wise from family? What can I do to help and understand? Um, first of all, sorry, your brother's struggling, but um, I think that's really cool of you that you're trying to understand it a bit more. Um, it can be very daunting to look into not just mental health conditions, but health conditions in general. You know, it's Sometimes ignorance does feel like bliss. It never actually is, but it can give us the illusion of feeling that way. Um, you know, when you, you start looking into these things and it can be scary. Um, it can be scary for an individual suffering with it, and it can definitely be scary for the people around them. Um, obviously, obviously, like, I mean, I I, I did a whole book, The Brothers in Arms, about... Um, about Like the last, a large part of that book was about this kind of thing. Um, So you can, like, look, if you don't want to buy it, you can probably check it out from a library somewhere and check it out. That's got a good portion about understanding it. Um, So I'll give you, I could give a shorter answer now. Um, Give a shorter answer now. One of the things I think it's, um, it comes from a good place. uh, But one of the things that I don't think is necessarily a great thing for, soldiers suffering from ptsd is this i think we've gone too far as a culture into kind of giving it the oh poor you i don't think many soldiers want to hear poor you like i think it's okay like i think as a group and i'm generalizing obviously here but this as a generalization i think as a group we want to hear look it's all right but we don't, it's all right to have a problem. It's all right to struggle. It's all right to need help. We want it, like, that's stuff that we need to hear and want to hear, or maybe don't want to hear, but we need to hear. But what we don't want to hear is, oh, poor you, oh, you poor little thing. Like, you got to remember, most soldiers, or like, especially like infantry lads, you joined because you wanted to scrap, like, you wanted to fight, you wanted to be in battle. This isn't somebody who was, um, you know, shying away from things their entire life and you know who wants to be wrapped in cotton wool we don't want that we wouldn't have been where we were in the first place so i think that is like an important part of it is to to not be like because one of the things that happens with ptsd and stuff is you can get a big part of it can be guilt you don't you feel guilty because you think of all these ways that if i'd have done this would that have been different would he have lived if i did this would he have lived if i did that why didn't i clear this route why wasn't it me there's a lot of guilt in there and and stuff that comes into it, into play um and if you kind of then like again I'm saying this is it's coming from a good place, but if you just imagine imagine someone who's already feeling that they're a bit worthless so imagine they um they feel like they could like let's take i'm gonna make it up an example let's say someone feels like uh if I'd had done something differently then one of my mates would still be alive right so that's one part of it then since leaving the army they feel like their purpose is gone. So now they feel like I was born to be a soldier. Now I'm, you know, working in a job that doesn't mean anything to me. Maybe I'm not working. You know, I don't, like, I'm never going to be, never going to reach the highs that I did in war. I'm never going to be around the same brothers. What's the point? Life is worthless. I am worthless. Um, I don't deserve help. I don't, like, so then if someone's then gives it the, all oh, poor you, oh, you're broken and all that stuff. That's just going to kind of feed that loop. Do you know what I mean? So, um it's kind of like you've almost gotta look at it like when a car gets broken, you don't go like, Oh God, you poor thing. Oh God, you need cuddles. It's okay. You're just like, Right, this is broken, let's fix it. Um, I think especially with men, we take like a more you know, we take a more like um hands on like right like we 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 take more emotion I think not me but I'm a fucking writer I'm a massive pansy innit? No, now obviously I, I got to stop making jokes about that see because I'm feed, feeding the feeding the thing but um yeah it's like you got to look at it like uh like look this is a a problem it's a challenge let's attack the challenge and we can do that together as a team it's a fixable thing um I would definitely show them as much as you can. Um, like hopefully, I'd hope I'd like that you'd int- I'd love it that you introduced them to the podcast because we've had plenty of guests on here who have suffered with PTSD, who not only manage PTSD but they have actually turned it into um, a, wep- a weapon that they now use rather than it being something that um, uses them. I um, said to my mate Sean Jones, MC, who's been on the podcast a few times, and he agreed. I said to him, "Right, like, I said I wish the events." I wish the events that caused it hadn't happened, but they did, and again, this is where the stoicism comes in, but um, PTSD is one of the best things that's ever happened to me, because by having to face it and having to deal with it, it has, um, it has made, it's left me a better person, like, because it's made me appreciate the people around me more, it's made me appreciate life more, it's made me more mental resilient, it's made me build things into my life that make my work better, that make my health better, um... So I think trying to encourage him, like, look, uh, I, I think hearing things comes better for most people when it's come from someone that's been in the same situation, because otherwise there's always that chance that you're going to come across where you don't get get it, which is fine. Like if somebody, if a, a parent had lost a child, I can try and emphasize, em, emphasize, empath, empathize as much as possible with them, but I'm never going to know how that, exactly how that feels because or, uh, you know, I've never been in that shoe- those shoes, never been in them, I don't have kids. So, you know, there's there's those, these different levels to things, you know what I mean? So I think if you can find somebody who's been in those positions that he can listen to, that he can talk to, contact his mates maybe, contact them if you're in contact with any of his mates that he was out there with, they're probably the best people to talk to him, honestly. Um, be understanding of it, but also... Don't allow it to get don't allow it free reign. Um, just because someone is suffering with something does not is not an excuse to be a cunt with your family. Um, I was. I'm glad that people put their foot down with me because um it is no excuse. Um just because you're suffering doesn't mean you are given a free pass to inflict that suffering onto others. And that goes for everything. That goes you're having a bad day. Well, that's your bad day. That doesn't mean you get to pass it on. Doesn't mean you get to pass it on to your family. Doesn't mean you get to pass it on to your dog. Doesn't mean you get to pass it on to the person who's serving you in uh, McDonald's or whatever. You know, you're having a bad day, you deal with that bad day, all right? You can ask for help with dealing with it, but you don't transmit it by just getting angry at people. Um, so if there's any of that going on, I'd say be firm, be understanding, but be firm. Um, check out Royal British Legion get in contact with them they support veterans and their families they are supporting this podcast and uh, they're, they're supporters for a reason it's because I believe in what they do and um, they've probably got somebody who can um, um, who can give you um, their their take on this you know my take on it is from someone who has been the person with PTSD they'll probably have people who have experienced it from um, the position that you're in Um but look I I fully believe that if people have got problems and they've got the right people around them you know nothing is insurmountable all these things um you know you can get over you can get over all of these things with the the right people around you so yes good luck with that and um check the Royal British Legion give them a call um or go to rbl.org, rbl.org give them a call and um, they'll be able to help you more um yeah it's tough, yeah It sucks. It sucks that people have got these problems and, um, it, it sucks, but it's, it's at the same time, it's great that we are in a position where you as a stranger and I can talk about this. And there's a lot of people listening who probably have thoughts on it as well. Uh, and it's something that like, I think is very positive that we can, um, you know, that we can help each other out on, on this kind of stuff. And, um, I think that's something that maybe you could do with your brother is to try and encourage him to get involved. With there's so many, so many people online now who are willing to talk about this stuff, who are um, supporting each other. Um, definitely try and like maybe encourage your brother in those kind of directions. Alrighty. Uh, okay, let's do a writing one. In your writing, do you ever let the story take over and go a different way than you planned? Uh, no, I don't because. The story has already been worked out in my outlines, so I do quite um, quite extensive outlines. In fact, you know what? We can relate this to uh, we can relate this to life as well. So I'll answer it to begin with about writing, and then I'll tell you how this applies to life. Um, not that I think I've got life mastered, but I can definitely tell you um, how not to do it, and then what's working for me a bit better. Um, so, yeah, the outlining when it comes to doing a story, um, I do all the kind of the the plot twists, the turns, the characters all that kind of stuff i work out ahead of time i do a, a couple of page outline at first that gives a very broad brush of the um the book and then i do a chapter by chapter breakdown while i write a, a paragraph or or two for each chapter maybe three paragraphs depends how long the chapters are like some of the books i do the chapters are quite short um and then in, in the uh, blood forest series the chapters are longer so i'll um i'll i'll i'll, I'll work everything out so then when i'm writing the book Then what I'm doing is I'm just I'm just putting the meat on the skeleton. Like everything's already been done. All I'm doing then is um, I'm like let's. So I know the story. I know the characters. I'm just putting words into their mouths, and I'm just painting the scene of where they are and that kind of thing. So there's nothing. The the story's already been worked out. Um, You will hear some authors say that they just kind of sit down and they just start where the story goes, and if it goes a down a new direction, then they'll tear up the last twenty thousand words and go back to it. And as I've said before, that's all well and good if you're getting paid very good money and you've got a whole year to do one book, you can afford that. If you are working um, if you're somebody who's trying to break into writing and you've, you're trying to do this in your um, extra you've got an hour in the evenings that you can do or something, you can't afford that kind of time. Um, so I would say work all out I don't see what you can't work out during outlining that you can work you know that you can work out uh, when you're writing. Um, so how does that apply to life? Well, you gotta have an outline for your life, haven't you? Really. If you don't, then you might go down one of those, um, one of those dark blind corridors and realize that you need to come back five years. And that's going to happen inevitably. That will happen. There will be some points. So, like, let's say in the book, I do realize that there's something I want to change. Well, I will go back to the outline rather than going back to the story. But you know, there's never many, there's never huge surprises because it's been outlined. And I think that should be the kind of way that you look at life too. So, um, when we had. Uh, boy Seabass on, on uh, episode seven. Like, I know it sounds ridiculous. I'm going to ask you to take life advice from a guy called Seabass. Um, but if you listen to his real name, his real name is Sebastian. Now, if I say Sebastian's giving this advice, you're thinking, oh, Sebastian sounds trustworthy. He's at one of the best universities in America at the moment doing his MBA. He's got a job next year with a, an incredible company. So trust me when I say that Seabass is trustworthy. Uh, and his advice is that you should have like these short-term and long-term plans um you got to plan you got to plan your life like you not just career-wise but um you know you got to look at things like where do you want it? like you want to know if you want to know where your finances are going to be in five years we well, have to look at what you're doing now like i could sit here right now and say that i want my finances to be a certain point in five years but to get there i have to start putting things in place right now to do that so outline your life have an idea of what you want to do and there's a lot of people who listen to this who want to go into the military. Um, you don't need to have a full plan for when you get out, but have a little bit of a plan. Have a rough idea of what you want to do because um, I tell you what, like if you want to do twenty-two years, it's going to go very, it's going to go quickly. It will go quickly. Um, if you have an idea about what you want to do, you can pick up so many, so many experiences, learn so much in the next twenty-two years while you're getting paid by the army to put yourself in a fantastic position when you come out. The last thing you want to do is come out and then realize that you missed all these opportunities. For getting this this course or and not even just getting stuff off the army but just using your own time to work like um when you know I spent a lot of time in my early twenties um where I was I uh, made a post about this a few weeks ago, basically saying that you know I, when I was waiting to get out to Iraq and uh, Glasgow the Army personnel center kept fucking up my paperwork so I'd start have to start all over again through the process. I thought, oh, I'm gonna be going away in three months. And then we get to that three month point and then they'd have to start all over again and be another three month, another three months, another three months. And in that time, I let myself get angry that I was kicking my heels. Um, but I shouldn't have been kicking my heels. What I should have been doing was being proactive. I should have been reading. I should have been um, working more on my fitness. Um, I should have been um, like looking at things like, right, okay, well, I want to go to Iraq. That's great. That's going to happen. But what about things later in life? Like, because I knew I wanted to be a writer. So maybe I should have done some writing courses or something like that, you know? there's ways of turning um as robert green says um dead time into a lifetime you know if you like if you're pissed off that you've had to wait in the dentist for 30 minutes that's understandable but at the same time you can see that as an opportunity for um for reading for doing some meditation um and all these little bits like that they all work as part of the grand scheme of the, the grand plan so if you know that if you outline your year and you say right this year I want to read 50 books book a week I'd say Right. If you know that, then you're gonna have that book with you when you go to the dentist. You see what I mean? You see how all this stuff kind of trickles down. Um, all right. If you want to hear more about that kind of thing, then let me know and I'll I'll do a post about it. Okay. All oh, right. It's got it. Take these headphones off. It my ear for a second. Oh, good old itch. Right. Why does the UK have so many regional accents? Um, right. I'm guessing this, but my guess is that it's because we're old as fuck. Uh, Britain's been around for a long time. You've had. Um, You've know, had all kinds of different nations come here. You've had the Vikings come in, the Saxons come in, you know, French coming in, all these people coming in um, from different parts. And I think um, accents probably developed as a way of being able to tell. This is this total bro science off the top of my head. But this is my guess. That accents probably developed as a way of being able to know who your kind of your tribe was, so to speak, because you wouldn't know everyone. Like once tribes started to get bigger. You might not know everyone, but you probably know people by the accent. So I reckon it's probably an evolutionary thing like that. And we've been around here for a long fucking time, Um, you know, long time. So there's a long time for these places to develop. And even though you've had the invasions and different kind of like mass population movements. Also, it's not like America. So in America, this question I think was, you know, submitted by an American. You know, in America, America is a very new country. And people have just been moving all over the place, and it continues to happen now. People move a lot in America. Doesn't happen so much. Um, doesn't happen so much in the UK. There's kind of transient populations. There's a lot more of an American thing than the British thing. I think a lot more people here. I mean, don't get me wrong, it happens in America too, but, you know, a lot of people, like in the UK generally, it's, I think, I would say, again, it's a generalization, but if. Um, you know, you move somewhere. You move to like you move down to London, or you move to Manchester or somewhere. But it's not many people moving from one town to another. Um, in America, it seems from what I can tell, there's a lot more kind of moving around, um, and therefore that kind of like dilutes the accents a bit. But look, you have still got regional accents in America too. I can tell different regional accents when I go over to America. So there's it's everywhere. I think it's just that there's so many here. Um, like even down to the village. Like one village will sound different to another because it's just it's just the period of time. And uh, like I said, I think, it's, I think it's kind of come out of an evolutionary reason. This podcast is made possible in part thanks to Zulu Alpha Strap Company, bomber's watch straps for alley blokes. Uh, so unless you've got a pocket watch, like some fucking steampunk dickhead, then you need a watch strap for your timepiece. Look no further than Zulu Alpha Straps. A veteran-owned company who know how important it is to be in the right place at the right time. And uh, as proof of that, they've come to a veteran state of mind, haven't they? Because they are listeners of the podcast, and therefore, let's support the fuck out of them. Uh, right, hang on. What's this? Hang on. Fuck, I've lost my place here. Right, here we go. Let's be honest, though. It's important in and out of the military. What is? Fuck, I've lost my place. Right, I'll start this bit again. <laughs> Look no further than Zulu Alpha Traps, A veteran-owned company who know how important it is to be in the right place at the right time. Let's be honest though, that's important in and out of the military. Um, I'm late quite a lot, or I was because my watch straps broke. They did, that's Jen's story. I had two watch straps broke. That's how I got in contact with Zulu Alpha watch straps. And now I'm not late because I've got Zulu Alpha watch straps holding my time, please. Um, So yeah, unless I'm taking a banging shit or I need a wank before I leave the house, then I'm usually on time now. So if I am late, probably don't shake my hand. Right, anyway, if you want to look Ali, head over to Zulu Alpha straps and tell them that I sent you um, don't tell them about a the wanking though. Just, just don't tell them about this advert full stop and we'll go from there. This episode is also brought to you in part by Altberg Boots, specialist bootmakers who have been in the game for over 40 years. They make super alley boots. They make alley boots for civvies. All right. If you're a civvy, you might not know what alley means. It means cool. They make alley boots for civvies. They make alley boots for serving military. They make alley boots for cadets. If you've got a pair of feet, they make fucking boots for you. All right. So check them out. They got them in all kinds of different colours, all kinds of different fits, lightweight, heavyweight, whatever you want, bada bing, bada bum, get some fucking Altbergs on your feet, I've used them for, Christ, I don't know, I'm old, right, I've used them for a long time, and um, yeah, you know, I'm a bit tight, but I put my hands in my pocket and bought a pair of Altbergs, do you know why? Because they protect my ankles, and they looked cool as fuck, so get yourself some Altbergs, head over to altberg.co.uk, alley boots on your feet, let's do it. Uh, what billets or jobs do you think shouldn't have a place in the military? RAF Regiment, obviously. Disband that the day I become great dictator of the UK. Um, they're gone. Um, what job shouldn't have a place in the military? You know, I mean, I, I don't know, to be honest, What which ones shouldn't have a job. I'll, t- I'll tell you which ones um, should have, should be, and I'm going to flip this question on its head. Army Personnel Centre in Glasgow should be run by veterans? Um and um uh, i think the same goes for um not not exclusively veterans but i think there needs to be more of a more more it needs to be more of a part of the military than it is at the moment rather than separate because the fact is I, i've never like i just feel maybe i'm wrong on this i don't feel like they give a fuck i really don't I feel like they feel like they're pushing papers around they don't give a fuck to people's lives like i've said like my thing with Iraq... I went through, I think, I can't remember how long it was in the end. If it was like, it might have been even up to two years. It was at least a year and like, say, probably a year and a half where I was just sitting, waiting and being told, yeah, it's been done. And then, oh, we've lost your papers or we haven't done your pit," And you could just tell that they just didn't give a fuck. Um, you know, and this is like, you're trying to get into a career, you're trying to get into a thing, and they just didn't, didn't fucking care. And I've heard the same about the recruiting, co- uh, the recruiting company now that's being used for the army this look the army the air force the the navy we should be responsible for our own recruiting um i've mentioned his book before um general mattis um the uh Sign chaos book there's a part in there about um recruiting um I i recommend that book full stop but um the the bit about recruiting is really interesting that he picks his best people to go out and get the best people so that you're getting the best people into your organization um Look, if you're fucking using... I'm sorry, but if you're using Dross to recruit, you'll end up with Dross, all right? Um, and the thing is, as well, is if you've got people who've got... Like, they've got a lot about them, if you fuck them around, they're going to go to... Um, they're going to go to other opportunities. They're going to get offered other opportunities. So, like, the army needs to sort it out. In fact, you know what? I actually have another question here. How would you increase recruiting numbers since the army isn't meeting the numbers? Um, so... This is okay. So let's go into this one. Let's just slide right in to this one. Bit of spit on there. And we'll slide right in. All right. Um, well, first of all, how would you? Okay, how would you increase? How would you increase recruitment numbers since the army isn't meeting the numbers? First thing, retention should be a priority. Recruitment isn't a such an issue if you're not losing guys hand over fist because they're leaving. So you got to look at the reason um, why people why people are leaving the the army. Um, I can only speak for when I was there. Why were people leaving? One is because private security jobs were paying a lot better. So maybe if you want to keep people, you got to pay them a bit better. Um, and you say, oh, well, there's not enough money to pay for them. Well, you know what? There fucking is. i tell you, first thing we should do, take Tony Blair's fucking 60 million off him. You can use that. That's going to pay for a few fucking wages with his ill-gotten war gains. Um... But look, there is there is money out there. There's people out there who are making, like we're, we're paying soldiers like what, 30 grand or something for a lance jack? Um, there's people that make that a day in London. It's like, we need to start, like there needs to be, um, I'm not like super leftist when it comes to taxes, but at the end of the day, uh, I do think there's certain jobs that we should be paid more in the public sector and soldiers is, is one of them. But that needs to be reflected in the quality of the person. So if you're a fucking shitbag, I don't think you should be in the army. I don't want shitbags in the army. I think the army should be full of. I think as we should be looking towards a small stream, a streamlined army, but it needs to be ha- like ha- highly capable people in there. Um, I think a lot of guys in the uh, infantry. Uh, I, cause again, I'm speaking for the infantry. Will agree with me that when you went on tours in the 2000s, there was a lot of guys who were actually made more work for you by being there. So yeah, there was more numbers, but in theory you'd probably actually be better off without those people and just, ha- like, allowing the um, capable soldiers to get on with their own thing without the, the distraction of fucking idiots. Um, I know in Iraq there were some lads that weren't allowed out the back of the vehicles or were on the ground because it was just too much of a liability. Those days need to go. That was fine. Like, when you're standing on a... When you're just standing in ranks on a battlefield and you've got cannonballs just blasting through you and stuff and you need hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of men... And you just... It doesn't matter how good or how much you can think. All you've got to do is stand there reload the rifle and just not run away. That's what was required. It's not what's required anymore. Kit is so fucking high-tech. You need lads to think on their feet. You can be in a situation... Like, battles have changed. You might be in a situation where one minute you're getting contacted, and the next minute, school bus kids comes down and um, they're asking for sweets from you. You need people that can, like, transition in and out. And they're saying, so we need to we need to stop looking at like um recruiting people who are um and this isn't edu- this doesn't mean education right there's a big difference between education and intellect um but we need to stop recruiting people who are just like um they they don't have like much mental capacity about them like we need to be recruiting people who are intelligent motivated um the CDT i think needs to be looked at as well in terms of retention i think the idea of in this day now um, nearly in 2020 the fact is we have to admit that um, drugs and by the way alcohol as I've said before alcohol is a drug but we call it alcohol because that makes it more brandable and easier to sell and means that they can get away with doing it like that which is something that makes no sense but there you go um, the, um, the fact is that now like drugs are a part of um, life for like a lot of young people and the idea of um kicking out a young soldier because he does what young people do. Like young people, old people, we all make mistakes. And the idea of kicking a promising young soldier out because he smoked smoked weed once, or he did a line, so I think it's fucking ridiculous. Um, there should be punishment for it, but to do, just get rid of people full stop is um, absolutely ridiculous. If people are misusing drugs because they have uh, mental health problems, then let's get those mental health problems fixed and then if they're off the drugs then get them back like get them back to it like i don't see why that is not a thing like alcoholism has been rampant in the military for a long time i personally think this it still is probably above what you'd consider a normal level from what i can tell and um you know we don't kick lads out we don't kick lads out for that we you know you get them straightened out and then you let them crack on the job i think we need to be more realistic about this 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 idea that someone is a bad soldier because they do, like... Don't get me wrong, right? If someone's bringing MCAT into the barracks and doing it every day and selling it and stuff, yeah, you probably got to get rid of that person, right? But if someone's just being, He's gone home with his lads, he's 20 years old, he's full of testosterone and excitement, and he does something when he's drunk, which, as we've already said, the army's fine when you're getting drunk. But, like, let's say he gets high instead. To then, cut like, to then deprive him of a career... And deprive the country of a soldier seems absolutely bonkers. Um, so I think we need to look at that PTSD in the same way. Releasing soldiers because they got PTSD again. There's going to be some people that are just too, too kind of like uh, incapacitated with it to come back. Um, there's going to be a lot of want. We need to treat it like um, we need to treat that like a um, a broken leg and get people fixed up and back to other jobs. Maybe. You don't put them back into frontline jobs. There's plenty of other jobs in the army which are not frontline jobs. Um, there's plenty of gigs there we can get them in. I think it would actually reduce instances of PTSD a lot more if people knew that their career wasn't on the line, um, if they come forward with it. Um, I think that's something that, that really needs to happen. Um, yeah, that's 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 one. Um, treating people like shit. You know what? It's 2019, 20, going into 2020. Um a lot of people don't want to work in a workforce anymore where they get talked to like a piece of shit. Um, you don't get in the civilian workplace. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm more for a bit of bands, and I'm more for someone getting ripped a new asshole if they really fuck up. But this idea of, like, let's be honest, some people in the army, they just get off on their power. Um, they get off on their power. One of the things that made me, like, one of the events that just, like, made me decide that it was time to go was after I put in a lot of work on a training program for a sergeant major and I put my hand on his desk to have a look at his computer screen with him and he fucking screamed and shouted at me like I was a piece of shit and I just thought, I'm out of here. Um, I know I'm not the only one to think like that and let's be honest, what was what's that all about? It's a power trip. You know, shouting and swearing and calling someone a cunt because they put your hand on your desk. It's absolutely ridiculous. They're just adult children, usually fat, can't pass PFTs. Any any of the lads I know know what I'm talking about right now, Um, but um, yeah, it's you just there needs to be mutual respect. Um, Again, the days of flogging soldiers, flogging them, whipping them, those are out the window. Verbally flogging people needs to go out the window too. You can't you can't expect people in this day and age to want to be in somewhere where they're getting talked to like that. Like I said, it doesn't mean you don't get beasted, but a soldier knows. The difference between when he's getting legitimately beasted and or he's legitimately fucked up, or he's just getting ripped on because it's making, um, it's making the fucking uh, the person saying it feel like a big man. We all know that difference. I guarantee any soldiers listening right now think to yourself, "You knew that difference between when somebody was being legitimate and you'd fucked up." Like, like, like if you're fucking waving your weapon around, you've got a safety catch off. You point out your mate said, you need to be fucking gripped. But you're not gonna you're not gonna have an issue with that inside. You're gonna know you're fucked up. On the other hand, someone just coming in and trashing your room because they're fucking bored. Like it, people don't need to be in the army now. If you are not gonna like if you're in the UK, you don't need to be in the army, right? So if you're treating people like that, they're not gonna wanna fucking stick around, are they? There's a lot of cool things to do out there. Why would you put yourself through that? Um I talked on the last Q and a about how we lost um, how we've lost the war on terror, um, which we're still continuing to fight, you know in bits and pieces. Um, I don't think that very, has been very good for retention or recruiting. Um, I think that people have been exposed now to the kind of the myth that we were doing it to help other people. It doesn't mean that there's not jobs that get done now there's humanitarian jobs that do get done by the army um, and that's great. But I think the UK society is very aware that, like, you have to remember, even before Iraq kicked off, there's hundreds of thousands in the street in London saying that it was wrong, you know, this, and then everything that's happened past that has kind of confirmed that. And a lot of people don't want to go and get fucking killed to make Tony Blair richer or to make, um, or to, to go and die somewhere that we just leave worse off, like... It's a lot easier when you, if you're selling people on the idea that you're going to go and make things better for other people, people want to do that. But right now, I think people have seen that it's not so. Having some kind of justice for that, bringing the people, like, um, and actually, I was going to say, bringing the people to justice who are like the people at the top. If they fucked up, they need to be called on it because at the end of the day, as a soldier, you're willing to put your life at risk, um, but you need to know that you're doing it um, and that the people above you have got your back. And obviously that hasn't been the case. Um, and I think that ties into um, these witch witch hunts we've seen with Soldier F, we've seen with guest of the podcast, Brian Wood. You if you haven't listened to Brian's podcast, go back and listen to that one. Um, Read his book, Double Crossed. There's um, Soldiers get dragged through the court. Soldiers get hounded by lawyers. Soldiers go to prison. Politicians don't, the generals don't, the people who turned Iraq into an absolute fucking ethnic cleansing bloodbath, none of them are in trouble, whereas the lads that you know, the lads that you fought alongside, maybe they've struggled, maybe they've done drugs, maybe they've gone to prison, they're locked up, and, um, yeah, they're locked up, and, um, and uh, the the people who um, the people who, who caused it all they're on super yachts, so maybe that has something to do with recruiting numbers as well. Um, people know there's no security in the job, like they've seen that when it suits the army, they will send you, or suits the government, they will send you on tour. You'll do the tour, and you'll come back, and then you'll be told, "Guess what? Here's your redundancy package. Off you go." Um, I believe that if you are willing to give your life for your country. Air quotes. Then you should, um, you should have a, a job for life too. Now I don't actually mean your natural life, but you should be guaranteed your twenty-two years so long as, so long as you are performing. Now, if you turn into if you are a shitbag and you're not performing, then okay, there should be ways to let you go. But this idea of just being able to just get rid of people so easily, like, and you've put yourself, like, there's people coming in. Um, we've had them on this podcast who've wanted to do whole careers, who have been made redundant. And uh, it's it, it's just unfair, basically, to ask someone to give all that and then to just say to them, oh, yeah, your plans don't matter. You're off. We're saving a few quid. And then to go back to them then when you're on demand and ask them to come back. It's all these things. It's basically, it boils down to, if you want to fucking increase recruiting numbers, stop treating people like cunts. Treat them like what they are which is highly skilled, highly motivated individuals. You treat them like that. Because here's the thing, there's a lot of other companies out there who will give people great careers. I said this before, I love being in the army, but it's not the be-all and end-all. There's a lot of fantastic opportunities out there, fantastic companies. It's people who will take care of their blokes. So why would we expect people to want to go into an organisation that might get them killed um, when they're not even holding up any ends of their bargain? I mean, it just, it's very, very simple. Um, you know, you put your life on your line. You should get career security, at least, at least for a, a decade or two. You know, um, better benefits is the other part of it. I think the um, I think we need to have something like the GI Bill, which is uh, basically where the Americans you do a certain amount of service, you get you can get money towards your tuition. Uh, I've said it before. There's a lot of guys who are in the army who, because of circumstances of their background. Or um, maybe where they lived, the school they went to, the family they grew up in—they are, they are not academically qualified, but they are very intelligent people. Um, they deserve a chance to go to uh, university. They deserve a chance to get higher education. Um, it shouldn't just be something that um, you have, like as an officer. I think as well, if there was, if that was in place, because right now you've kind of got a lot of people who have. If you've got, uh, I'm very rare that I have the degree and I wanted to be an enlisted person. So, um, if there is, there, there might be people out there who want to just like they might be really fit, motivated, intelligent people who just want to do four to six years in the army, something like that, uh, and then they want to go to university. And this, they might go and serve. They they do their bit, then the country does theirs and gives them some money towards their tuition. Uh, I think that would be a great way of getting in um, young, um, young, motivated, fit and uh, intelligent young people. Because at the moment, it kind of like, your you like if you haven't got much of an education, you might want to go in and do 22, and that's like your career, like career launch point. Um, there's not many people, like the Americans do a much better job of just getting people in who just want to get a bit of an experience um, and do something like service like that before going on to other careers. And I think it should be a kind of, I scratch my back, you scratch yours kind of situation. Um, changing the narrative around PTSD, that's something else that needs to happen. Um, there's too much of a narrative that if, like, you go to soldier, you, you go to war, you get PTSD, and you become absolutely broken, and then you don't get help by the government. Um, the truth is that there isn't enough help out there, um, especially not from the Ministry of Defence. Um, but all the untruth is that just because you get PTSD doesn't mean you're broken. Doesn't mean your life's fucked. You know, it is what it is Something that you can um, you can overcome, and, and you can. Um, you know become stronger after having it so that narrative needs to change Um, I think the whole thing about fucking trying to get snowflakes that recruiting campaign and stuff my personal opinion is that that was absolute wank Um, I don't want to serve alongside people who who are fucking who have have come in because they're told it's going to be oh it'd be nice like don't miss don't mistake what I'm saying about not caught like not screaming at people for no reason with being easy I think it should be the most physically demanding job. I think it should be mentally demanding. That's very different to just um, unjustified calling people, just talking like shit to people. Um, look how many people go out doing tough mudders and fucking, they're, tabbing as a fucking sport now, ultra marathons. There's so many people out there who aren't in the military who love to get pushed, but they probably just don't want to be treated like cunts. Like there's loads of people that these are people like there's there's such high achievers in all walks of life that we like should be coming into the military and it might just be for a few years but that is enough you know we want we should be looking at the army to be this place where you get the highest highest fucking caliber of individuals and they get treated like the highest caliber of individuals um, so I was saying encourage people who want challenge. Don't be like, oh, yeah, come in, you're going to serve as snowflakes. Be like, come in here, and you're going to be serving with blokes who are fucking MMA champions. You're going to be serving with blokes who have won ultra marathons, and you're going to be serving with people who are fantastic athletes, but also who are intelligent and they don't want to challenge, and you guys are going to fucking crush the world together. And then you're going to get out, and you're going to have a great network of people who are going to help you crush the world in Civvy Street too. That's the way it should be fucking done, not eh, fucking snowflakes. Fuck that. Fucking ridiculous. All right. Um, yeah, people, people don't want to be treated like kids. I think that is in general, the army treats you like a kid. Um, unfortunately it, that has to be the way for, um, for a lot of it because look, 16 year olds are kids. Sorry. Um, so it has to be like that. But unfortunately that then means that people in their twenties have a fucking gutful and leave a lot of the time. Um, this is just an idea I come up with off the top of my head last night, but, I don't know why it would... I don't see why it wouldn't, couldn't work, is that if you had a couple of units in the army which had a higher average age where you could have um, private soldiers and stuff who join later, so you might, like, you... I think a lot of people do get discouraged. I discourage people. I wouldn't say... If you're, like, in your late 20s, I wouldn't want to go and then um, join the army now. I would not want to do that. But maybe there's a... Maybe if there was a unit or two which had a higher average age... Um, and, you know, had that bit more of an adult mentality about it. Um, just an idea that, the, you know, you guys can flesh it out. I'm just the idea, man. Um, and I, yeah, I, like I said earlier, the give the recruiting work to people that actually give a fuck. I think that is very, um, very important that there should be veterans uh, in this. Uh, uh, there should be veterans at all levels. I'm not saying they do every job, but they should be at all levels embedded in these companies um, because they know what we're going after and you should be sending your best people to get recruited. You shouldn't be you should be sending your best guys to bring the best guys like Mattis was doing. I think that's a great point. Alright. Um, so look what else we got here. Um, right, what do you think of these prosecutions for war crimes? Um, so I like we're talking I just mentioned the witch hunts. So look, first thing I'm gonna say is soldiers, some soldiers do commit war crimes. Some British soldiers some American soldiers have committed war crimes. If you don't believe that, you need to go and get your head tested, right? I'll tell you why. There's no screening when you join the military. There's no sc- like psychological evaluation and stuff. Like, right? so and to be honest, even if there was, there's no way of knowing really what's going on in the deep dark recesses of somebody's mind, right? You could be, um, you could join the army. And you could be a fucking psycho, an absolute psycho. You might have murdered kittens growing up and you might love the opportunity. that Now you can take your safety catch off um, and and brass up a farmer. I know that there's people who have um, who have done things that have maybe been within rules of engagement, but which aren't ethically right. For instance, I've heard about American units um, shooting people. They have curfews in Iraq. And if they saw people out after curfew, they just shoot them which, I mean, to be honest, that's a great way to lose a war anyway because you just stir up civil resentment. But just as a moral point of view, I have a big problem with that. I don't think that that's right. I don't think that like someone not being into that house at the time means that they should be fucking killed. I think that's ridiculous. Um, and look, it, it happens. It's been proven to happen. There's a book called Black Hearts, which I recommend that you read. Um, Marine A, uh, my opinion is that he should be in prison. And, and the reason why is because he said himself as he was doing it that he'd broken the Geneva Convention. He knew what he was doing. a killed bloke. Now, can you argue about the ethics of how is it okay for a helicopter to shoot someone that can't take down a helicopter, but then it's not okay? Yes, you can argue those ethics. But he knew what the rules were, and he killed that bloke. He should be in prison uh, because it just adds fuel to the fire for our enemies knowing that's the case. Um, doesn't mean that I think he's a terrible bloke. It just means that I think he did a war crime. Um so yeah, that's you know, that's how it is. There's um lads that I know who are in, in prison, they brought law, they got caught, they went to prison, they knew what they're doing, and they kind of accepted that. For some reason, we have this narrative around British and American soldiers that we think they're all heroes and saints. And it's not the case. Uh, a lot of them are heroes. A lot of them are normal guys, and some are bad guys, and um, that is the fucking truth. There are guys served in British and American units who are as evil as anything you will find on the other side. Sorry if that hurts your feelings, that's the case, um, because look, humanity doesn't work where you get one island like ours and everyone's good, and then another island everyone's bad. It doesn't work like that. world is black and white. Um... All right, moving on. When will you talk about maritime security? Oh, sorry, hang on. Go back to the walk walk thing. I had another point. Um, I think that um the 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 prosecutions um, from the point of view of the government. Um, I think the idea that you give amnesty to terrorists but then not amnesty to the soldiers that you sent, I think that is ridiculous. Um, it's a betrayal. It's disgusting. If you are, I can fully understand prosecuting the soldiers from Northern Ireland if you are also prosecuting the terrorists. I can understand that. I can understand an amnesty for both. What I can't stomach is an amnesty for terrorists and then prosecuting soldiers. I think that is absolutely, it's insane. It makes no sense. All it does is rile up both sides. It pleases no one. And to be honest, it's another reason why I think that maybe, um, unfortunately, there will be conflict again in Northern Ireland um, because I just think that, this stuff just continues to stir the pot, and um, look, it hurts. Like I said, it hurts recruitment for the army. A lot of people you're thinking like, why, why? would I want to put myself in that position? Like here, here's what a lot of my serving mates, here's what a lot of serving mates think about the army. They think if you go in the army, you if you 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 might get ended up as as a the focus of a witch hunt. You're gonna have PTSD, and you're gonna get fucked over by the government. That's what a lot of my civvy mates think that the that, that's their genuine opinion. So it's not hard when you hear that to think why are we struggling for recruitment? Okay, um, and look as well when you when you do witchcraft, uh, witchcraft, sorry, witch hunts. When you do witch hunts for soldiers, uh, it emboldens the enemy because they realise then that they 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 want to draw you on to committing crimes. Like so, one of the things that like this the Black Hats book covers really well. These guys didn't go, like, there There was one or two bad eggs who were already bad people. You know, some people I do think are just born bad. And they were like that. Um, but most of the guys were just good guys. But what happened was, it was the way that the enemy made them hate the civilians. Because they, the enemy, you know, they wear plain clothes. They make you think that they're the civilians. But they're not. They're separate. But if you get angry and you lose some friends, that's when war crimes um, happen. You know, it could be, you could be... Uh, oh, Tiger Force. Read Tiger Force. Well, Black Arts and Tiger Force. Um, but you could be a nice lad, but you just need that one bad person whispering in your ear saying these are the people responsible for killing your mate. And, like, you're tired, you've been on tour for months, you're stressed, you're worried, you're scared, um, and people do things that they would never have done in other circumstances. But it does happen. Um, the witch the witch hunts as well. Uh, one of the things that sickens me about it is a lot of it is political point scoring Um But we already know what my opinion is, um, about the majority of politicians thinking you're a bunch of cunts and, um, in it for yourselves and not the country. And, um, sometimes I think I would rather we just had a fucking dog running the place, honestly. Um, all right. When will you talk about maritime security? Um, well, I've got some guests coming on, um, Got some guests coming on in future episodes who uh, either worked with me doing maritime security or have done their own. So I think we'll save that one for um so what we have then on. Um opinion on being rejected from the army due to previous antidepressant usage. Um I'm not a doctor, unfortunately. I'm just bro scientist. But um I don't know what the individual circumstances are. What I would say is if I think I I I don't like this idea that we have of if somebody's had an issue mentally, then they can never do something again. Like, so if if you was someone who had depression and they needed to take antidepressants for it and then they got over it and then they made new routines in their life and they got new people in their lives and they started getting exercise and outdoors and all that, I don't like the idea that you then can't go and do something else. Like, so the idea of just dismissing someone out of hand for it, um, I don't like that, but I don't know enough about it to really kind of give a full one. But I would, yeah, I would just say that Um, I don't like the idea of just out of hand dismissing somebody for that Um, Again, I think it sets quite bad precedent Uh, How can a platoon commander socialise with his guys without seeming too keen? Um, Look, you're not there to be their mate You're not there to socialise with them Um, You're there to teach them, lead them, inspire them uh, But you're not there to socialise with them, right? So this is how you can spend time with them though Do sports, do challenging activities Take them on tabs, take them on exercises, take them to lessons, show them you know what you're doing, uh, earn their respect. Uh, respect is very different to likability. You can you can hate someone but respect them and you'd still follow them into hell. Um, but, yeah, you're not there to socialize. Uh, if you want a good book on this, read Steal My uh, Steal My Men's Hearts. Um, I forget his name now. Um, but, yeah, check that out. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're not there to be their mate, so don't socialize with them. Like when you're around the blokes, you should be doing stuff with them. Um, you should be either teaching them or, um, or, just grab this for the last five minutes. I went quicker than I (laughs) thought. Yeah, when you're around your blokes, you should be um you should be do or you should be always doing stuff with your blokes. You shouldn't have time. As a young subby, you shouldn't have time to be sitting around socializing. Your evenings should be full, you should be reading, you should be reading about every war that's gone before you. You should be reading about every leader that's gone before you. Um you should be working and you should be sleeping, and that's what you should be doing as a subby. Um If yeah, uh, so I, I wrote down here, I made a little note. I thought, um, your men, they'll die for you if they'll respect you, and if they like you, they'll just try and keep you alive. Um, there's a big difference in those two things. um they might try trying to save you, but they're not gonna go and die for you because they respect you and they feel like they can accomplish anything as you as with you as their leader um okay, any advice on a young subby joining infantry platoon well, there's that stuff I just said. Uh, also go back and listen to the earlier podcasts um we covered it in there I'm pretty sure me and Alex covered that in our q and A's um so go back and listen on that but yeah like just general advice for young subbies so young young officer joining you're going to be a subby for a couple of years of your life it's a very short period I truly believe that in that period you should dedicate yourself solely to being the officer of those things you should forget outside life at that point you know you should be there fully exclusively to lead those men and to be ready for those men you could at any at any moment now tomorrow a war could break out and you could be leading your troops to war you might have only had a week with them you might have been out of Sandhurst and um, you know a few months you might you probably haven't got that much experience. you owe it to your men to be as prepared as you can for going into um for going when you go into battle going to tour um you should be reading like I said you should be reading everything you can um there are books going back as as far as the bloody Greeks thousand three 000, three thousand years ago talking about war. You got a lot of catching up to do. Everything that's happened has already happened. Like this, every all these different scenarios, like about defences and ambushes, and way to lure people into way to lure people into traps, and all this stuff, it's all been done. There's nothing new out there. It's all all this half information is out there for you to find. Um, and if instead you're just getting pissed every evening, then you're basically what you're saying is you getting pissed is more important than your men's lives. So I think obviously that that's not what you want to do. When you think about it like that way, I think what you'd want to do is be the best boss you can for them. That means you work your ass off. It means you work you work harder than every single man under your command. Um, what skills and qualities do enlisted admire in an officer? Um, so I've covered this before, but in a nutshell, like, uh, competency, uh, mutual respect, consideration, excellence in everything, fitness, uh, sense of humor. But I would say that the sense of humor means that you can take a joke or not get pissed off about, say, some funny things, rather than you trying to be funny. I think if an officer goes out of his way to try and be funny, you should definitely never belittle your troops. Never fucking belittle them. Um, that's not your place. If you belittle them, they'll fucking hate you. Um, you should know your blokes. You should genuinely care about them. You should put in the graft to make yourself better. Uh, you should have humility. And uh, this last one is Jen as well. If you have a fit missus, that will probably gain the respect of the blokes as well. Um... I think we've got, Let's see, we've got one more on the back here. No, that's it, right. That's it, questions boshed. Guys, thank you for submitting them. Um, if you have any questions for the podcast, you can go to um, vsonpodcast.com. There's a question, like a submissions form on there. You'll see it, it's really easy to find. Um, just generally, if you just want to go to vsonpodcast.com, if you could subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Um, and even if you don't, I would really appreciate it if if like, if like, you listen on, say, Spotify, if you could go to SoundCloud and follow on SoundCloud, if you go to YouTube and follow on YouTube, if you could just follow on those things, as I said, it will help us to continue to bring in guests. Um, it will continue to help us um, uh, keep the podcast rolling with the bestest of people. Um, so that would be great. I really appreciate it. If you're on iTunes, if you could please leave a review. Um, if you go to VSON Podcast and sign up for the newsletter as well. Um, and then last little plug for me, Legion is on Amazon, um, Sugarman is on Amazon, you just find them by searching my name and the VSOM store is up and running, um, that's Uh if you want to get yourself some Ali merch and if you've got any ideas for anything, like I said, any ideas, any questions, send them in and uh, guys, thank you for listening. Um, really appreciate it. God, Christmas is coming up. It's been a great year, and I'm very appreciative to you guys. You give me the best present that anyone could ever hope for, and that is regular directions while I do this uh, podcast. So, cheers, guys! Have a good one. Love you all, and I'll catch you soon. Yeah. Listen. Shout teaser. You told me not to worry and you wouldn't Break my heart. You told me you were sorry, yeah, my whole world fell apart You said it's not my fault, and yeah, I've never done you wrong I'm grinding to a halt, now I can see you're moving on I promised I'd get better, and I told you things would change You keep me to the gutter, yeah, I'll never be the same I've got to let you go, now live your life and spread your wings And yeah, you put on quite a show, and pulled the puppet strings And are you sure that you don't want me, remember all the pain Or maybe you should thank me, it's your loss and my gain I'm leaving now forever, I won't hang my head in the shame But yeah, you've taken me for granted And you should feel ashamed You sold a dream to all of us A dream that we'd all die for A reason for us all to live And something we could fight for I might just help a man up to his feet Or hold a new bomb But no matter what I do My hands remember in my rifle, yeah Life's hard, I know that Still wouldn't change shit I wouldn't go back, yeah I wouldn't go back Feelings I hold back Memories, fate, yeah, they go first Yeah, they go first Good times to come and go Survive the highs and lows Just take it step by step I guess, yeah, I suppose Good times to come and go Survive the highs and lows Just take it step by step I guess, yeah, I suppose